in the game of basketball, stars are made. But how do they get to that point? How has the game changed them? And what are they doing today? Welcome to Rebound Radio with your host, Matt Fish of Rebound Magazine. Each week, Matt goes one-on-one with some of the legends of basketball, finds out their inside story, and uncovers stories you've got to hear to believe. Now, here's Matt Fish and Alex Clancy. Hello, everybody. Uh, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. This is Rebound Radio, Voice America Radio, 888-346-9144. Follow Matt Fish on Twitter at Rebound Talk. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. What's up, Matty? Hey, it's good to be in here. How's it going? Dude, good. We're both we were both a little under the weather last week, yes. so we uh, uh, played a previous show, I believe. Uh, I didn't listen to it. We played hooky. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not true. I do not play hooky. I know. I'm I was out too. You were out. Just couldn't work it out. So uh, we were uh, we're back this week. Yeah, uh, lots to talk about. We're going to do some NBRPA stuff. Obviously, that's what this show is foundationalized upon. Rebound Magazine is where it all started. Matt started a publication five years ago. Five, six, six, six years ago that focused on the. Uh, afterlife of uh, players after they uh, you know leave the NBA, after they hang up the jerseys, whatever cliche you want to use, and enter normal life, life that I've lived for thirty three years, yeah. with, and I did not play in the NBA, um, and that could come Reality. with a lot of that could come with a lot of struggles, um, financial issues, drug and alcohol abuse, marital problems, uh, things that um, really normalize. Uh, people that were, you know, lived in an exemplary life, quote unquote, that we saw because you're on TV, you're making money. And then after um, a certain period of time, it ends. And then you kind of have to do what quote unquote normal folk do. And that's what the NBRPA is there for, helping people through the transition, into the transition, whether it be to start charities or get yourself financially literate, even uh, in your 20s or 30s to learn how to set your life up financially for the rest of it, for your family and everything else. So that's what Rebound Magazine started as. It's a publication that's sent out to anybody that wants it that used to play in the NBA. And it um, features former athletes, what they're doing now, uh, what charities they're a part of. And it it really just shows that these guys are normal people that just happen to play um, in arenas for you know a certain amount of years of their life. Yeah, it- I've enjoyed, the thing has grown quite a bit, you know, Rebound Magazine began, uh, as I said before, kind of as a pamphlet, uh, but but the idea has grown and I'm glad that it's where it's at and I am excited to where it's headed. You know, it does just that, it, it, it's sharing these stories of these former pro athletes and, you know, when you're done playing ball, people aren't ready. They just aren't ready to transition and I wasn't and I went through it the hard way and really the whole idea is to make it easier for the transition. But even before that, have them prepared before they're done playing the game. And when you're playing the game, you're such a kid, you don't have any idea that life after you know basketball does exist and it has to exist. When you're done playing, you know, 30 you're considered old when you're a pro athlete, you know, and all of a sudden you got the rest of your life. And so that's a lot longer than just playing the game of basketball. So what you've done is prepared your whole life to be good at basketball, not good at life. You've had a coach telling you what to do all these years. You've been telling them how many reps to do and how far to run and where to jump and who to box out and all these game plans on the game itself. But the game of life is a completely different thing. Yeah, and I mean, not everybody goes and gets two master's degrees like you did in education no. and... I did that after. And business? Damn it. Yeah. Education and business. I should yep. know after seven or eight months now. <laughs> um, but you did. 
and True. and you teach now, and we're we're all looking for the next thing, and hopefully you and I will be doing some great things coming up in the next six or eight months, year. Yeah. Uh, hopefully not that long uh, away from now, but um, yeah, I mean, there's you would think that more people would listen when they were 25 and had 10 million dollars in the bank, but the untouchable nature of that specific niche of people doesn't lend to that, especially when you're a kid and you're traveling, you're getting paid to do everything. You know, you're, you're racking up the frequent flyer miles, probably not, we're chartered now, but you stay at the nicest hotels yeah. and you don't have to spend any of your money on the road unless you want to buy frozen yogurt. <laughs> you know, you get a per diem, you get your $500,000 game check and then you get your per diem and yeah. it's, it seems never ending until it ends and that's where the NBRPA comes into play. And, and it's interesting too, you say 500,000, not everyone you know, even had a chance to make that during their whole career. Right. So you have those that do have an astronomical amount of money and sure the money's come up quite a bit as of, as of late, you know, especially as of late. But when I went through, and I think I've used this analogy before, when I was a rookie for the Clippers, I was a minimum non-guaranteed player. I was making $150,000 a year, but that was prorated because I wasn't guaranteed. So it was like every two weeks I get a check of like 6000 bucks, And somebody's like, damn, that's pretty good money. Then you turn around and look at Pooh Richardson's and his is $216,000 and you're kind of like, okay. you know. But that same position now that I had is more around the eight hundred to a million dollar mark. So the money's a lot more mm-hmm. prevalent now than it was when I went through, uh, which is mostly due to TV uh, deals and the like. Uh, that being said, inflation uh, helps. W- we're trying now to mentor, you know, the current players. So basically telling them, hey, look, if you've got a contract with the NBA, you will be a former NBA player at some point. There's a fact. I mean, you will no longer, you won't play the rest of your life. No one does. So, you know, just trying to prepare them, making sure that they're ready for that transition and help them along the way because we didn't have a lot of help along the way, and um, we learned the hard way. 888-346-9144, 888-346-9144, if I can speak correctly. Uh, Matt Fish, Alex Clancy in studio. Matt played in the NBA and overseas for 10 years in the CBA, also won a championship in the CBA. So he's in the perfect little group of people, maybe not so little, of guys that got there but never got there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and, and this is, he'll be the first one to say it. That this is, he had a sweet little hook. You know, he, great rebounder. He led the lead, he led the country in field goal percentage at UNC Wilmington his yeah. senior year. Yep. I finally got all the stats down, the prevalent ones at least, the pertinent ones. Um, and now he does day-to-day life like everybody else. And But a lot of the things that he does that goes, you know, just not overlooked necessarily, but just... It, aren't appreciated as much as the charitable work that he does. He doesn't get paid for it. He goes to keep puts on camps. He gets older uh, guys that played in the NBA, um, Stephen Hunter, and, you know. Uh, uh, There's been a lot. Uh, there's a lot. Nick Shepard is Nick another Shepherd. one. So yeah, these guys might fun. not be. Stephen Hunter should be around the Valley. Yeah. But He's a lot of these guys aren't um, well-known guys. They just want to put the time in and, and teach the younger generation, how to not do what, how to not make the mistakes that they made or how to benefit from the information that you've gained. And even though you may have done the correct steps when you were younger, you want to accentuate that even more around the game of basketball, but just fit in the life skills, you know, around the aura of basketball. Is that correct? Well, you know, sports emulates life. 
And, you know, I did, uh, I, I do, I've taught special education and I'm transitioning the students uh, with needs uh, to get ready for life after high school. So for me, it's an easy transition to switch over to the transitioning athlete from the day of playing until life after. So it's just a preparation process. It's just a realization. You have to understand that when you're done playing, for the first three years, I'm thinking, am I really done playing? You know what I mean? And, and, and yes, I was really done playing, you know, but I wasted three years just kind of tossing around the idea, well, I'm just going to, you know, tie up and we're going to go play ball. Well, not when you put on 30 pounds, you know, or not when you, you, you know, your mentality isn't the same. In one year, I didn't lose a step. I felt like I, I lost two steps, you know, so the realization is, is one of the hardest things. Uh, but then you got to, now I got to have a plan. I got to figure out well, what do I do if I have any money left over? You know, did I make any money? Things like that. And, and for me, I knew education was important. So I did. I went and I got educated. And now I'm trying to use my talents to educate others about the, the issues that, that were for, are before them. And we're going to talk about that later on. We're going to talk about Carmelo Anthony and how nobody wants him. <laughs> uh, he does have a no-trade clause and a veto of any trade. Um, he has that in his power as well. Uh, Dwayne Wade is upset. Jimmy Butler is upset. LeBron's upset. I want to tell you why that's uh, why that makes sense right now as to why... Uh, Dwayne Wade went to Chicago for two years, 40 mil or 44 mil, whatever it was. They only gave him a couple mil more than Miami offered him. Why now LeBron is yearning for a, um, a playmaker, a backup point guard. I have the perfect trade that would make the NBA happy unless you're in the, uh, in the northwest corner of California in Oakland. Um, I have the perfect trade. I, I did the trade machine thing. I got all the salary caps in line, okay. and boom, I'm going to play it for you later on. Carmelo, we're going to talk about because I, okay. and finally people are starting to realize that whether he's a, a Hall of Famer or not, still nobody wants to play with him. Well, he never had any guys around him to play. Nobody wanted to play with him. Yeah. Maybe you throw Allen Iverson with him on the tail end of his career because, yeah. you know, there's at least two of them so they could take 30 shots each, screw the rest of the team. And we're going to talk more NBRPA first. We're going to do that right now. We're going to hit some NBA later. And um, Russell Westbrook is still averaging a triple double. And yeah. we're. We're about, uh, what, four weeks away from the All-Star break. Yes. So I think I hit it all right there. So NBRPA, I stopped you with the point of the finances of uh, how people need to learn how to put, be able to spell finances after the NBA <laughs> is over. I want to talk about the school app right now. I'm going to talk about this every week oh, okay. because this is something that will be coming in the future. Mm -hmm. And for all of those that are listening or watching on Facebook Live, thank you. You will all know what the school to Pro app is. And it's starting with kids. It's starting with kids, hopefully as young as five. But you're really going to focus more on 10, 11, 12-year-olds, right? We are. Uh, well, first of all, tell us, what sure. it, tell us what it is. We're going to do it every week. Sure. School, the S-C-H-O-O-O-L-D. Trip us. Triple us. Now, Trip us. Now, now, it's kind of like the Toys R Us with the R's backers. We're not trying to teach bad things. We're just, this is the app, what it's called. Okay. The idea is to have bite size, and it's, it's already, this is a done deal. It's just, we're going to roll it out. It's got bite size lessons on whatever it is you want to teach. Right now, we're concentrating on financial literacy. So there's a gamification app. So you're actually playing a game as you learn about how money works. You're playing a video game with others and against others to see how you're doing, how you're making financial uh, decisions, whether they're good, whether they're bad, how it comes out. And as you go through this process and you do better than, say, others, you gain experience points. And the more and more experience points that you gain, the better chance you have to unlock a 529. What does that mean? 
a 529 as a grant. Tell me, Matt. To go to college. Tell me. To go to college, it's untaxable. So once they have this in, and they have to go to college to get it, but okay. they can use it for whatever they want. So this money then, the younger they learn it, is going to grow and grow. So the, the, as they learn about money and how to use money, and they unlock the ability to have $1,000 in their bank account, they can actually watch their money grow and see how it grows. When they go to college, they can use that money. It's theirs to use their money however they see fit. And this is not what, when it comes to fruition and it, and it rolls out and it's after its beta stage and you download it from, you know, the whatever, the Apple st- App Store or mm-hmm. whatever it is, whatever Google uses. I, I'm an adult, so I have an iPhone. You, um, there will be no in-app purchases. There will be nothing that, you know, can juicy up a little bit, maybe get you some more. If you, if you spend $14 a month and you become a subscriber, you have a better chance of getting, that's not how it works. It is all free. It's all funded based upon the 529 yep. for charity. Yep. And this is something that can teach kids early how to save money. I wish I had it when I was younger. I still have issues saving money. I'm not, yeah. I'm not ashamed to say that. I think a lot of people are, especially those that aren't oh, yeah. in the top you know, Trump zone right. of the top one. Oh, he's a president now. I can't really, damn it. Um, <laughs> I, I, I keep trying to tell myself that that's not true. Sorry. Um, the, the top one percenters that really don't have to deal with it, whether they had inherited wealth or whatnot, or they built it themselves. Some people have the mind for it. A lot of them, a lot of people don't. I saw a stat the other day, how many trillions of dollars are, are lost on a yearly basis because they don't know how money works or they make poor decisions with their money. And really, if you can just get the basics down itself and how money works, then you have a better feeling for the rest of your life, how you can set it up, not just budgeting, but also saying, see how much it would cost to buy your uh, most, you know, your dream car. It's not going to be what that dream car costs. It's going to be the loan that you got and how much percentage you have against it. Right. So now, instead of this car costing your dream car, you know, $100,000 or whatever, it's costing you half a million. So it's just understanding, compounding money, and, you know, the whole thing is just trying to get them a good basis in their head. So now, okay, you're learning something good for life. Now you have a chance to go to college with the scholarship, or at least money going towards the scholarship. Or you'll have the scholarship, but it'll go towards college. It's untaxable. You'll learn about all that. That being said, you go to college because 70% of the people who have a 529 then go on and go to college. I have a 529 for my daughter, you know, with the idea that she will be going to college is not an option in our house. You, where, what college are you going to go to is what it comes down to. Do you have an accent that comes out when you're angry? Well, maybe. I mean, did any of UNC Wilmington (laughs) stick to you? Um... With the y'alls and the sugars and everything? A little, yeah, a little. I mean, while I was there, mostly. You know, I brought So you my, faked it. You faked it so you f- could fit in. I brought, well, I, I, it, it had just came about, naturally. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. No, but that's, and that's, that's why we're here. Everything we're talking about, yeah. the schooled pro, this is just a microcosm of what the NBRPA is trying to teach. You know, they're paralleled. Granted, there's a lot of um, room between the lines, but they're definitely paralleled. And this is something that, uh, that Matt is passionate about. This is his, I don't know. This is, this is your thing for lack of a better phrase is financial literacy. doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter your gender. doesn't matter your background. doesn't matter if you played in the NBA or not. On the other side of the break, we're going to continue talk. We're going to continue talking about this and we might segue into one person that has zero issues with finances, even though he doesn't deserve a penny of it. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish and Studio. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby on Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. You're listening to Rebound Radio with Matt Fish. Call into the show today at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. You can also drop an email to mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Alex Lancy, Matt Fish in studio, Rebound Radio, Phoenix, Arizona, voiceamerica.com. Check out voiceamerica.tv. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff on there. Click on the rebound logo in the middle of the homepage. They give us that, which is nice. You know, yeah. we get just right in the smack dab in the middle like of the thing. It. You get to watch a lot of video and stuff that Matt and I did months ago now at the NBA Legends Conference, but mm-hmm. it's still pertinent. It's still telling the stories of former athletes and what they're doing now. George Lynch, Cherokee Parks. Um, who's the big dude? Keith Kloss. Oh, yeah. I've he's been over following China. him. Are you following him on Facebook? Uh, yeah, he's over in China. Yeah, right? just balling. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's 7'3, he's 43 years old. I'm going to go to China, eat good food, and play <laughs> basketball. I mean, that, no, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. I talked about that two weeks ago where I'm, you shouldn't have to stop playing if you don't have to. And his knees are holding up. And, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, that's because he's, he's a frail, not frail. I mean, he's thin. He's thin. And he can still block shots and. He's a baller. Oh, he's I watched seven three, and he can move, and he can chew gum and walk at the same time. If you can do that, that's fantastic. You can play. One day ball I'll in learn. China. One day I'll learn. Eight 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 three four six nine one four four. Follow Matt at Rebound Talk. Email him at mattfish at reboundmagazine.com. If you want to find out anything about the National Basketball Retired Players Association or advertising for the magazine, I'm telling you what. In the next year or so, this magazine will blow up even more than it already has. So you're going to want to get into it now and get it on the ground floor because there will be so much exposure for anybody that advertises with that damn magazine. Mm-hmm. Get I'm your asses in your email, <laughs> on the phone, follow them on Twitter, do something, call into the show. You need to focus on Rebound Magazine because at some point soon, you're going to be upset if you don't. So we're talking about the Schooled Pro app, 
which is a financial literacy app geared, what, 5 to 12-year-olds, we'll say well, 7 to 12? You know, or is it more advanced of, than that? Of course, the younger you get them, the better. Um, but we're trying to find that happy place. Um, we're thinking middle school and a little younger, if possible. And if you know we need older, then older is fine. Uh, but as soon as, how will we get it to them? Mm-hmm. And it's not just for them. It's for the athletes, too. The whole idea is to flip the script so athletes are notoriously poor with money and finances. We'll now have the athletes themselves teaching you. So we'll have avatars on, on the apps that you see. So you'll be teaching financial literacy from. You'll be getting it from you know, NBA players. So they'll be the ones that are teaching you the these lessons will make it exciting. It'll make it fun. It just takes learning to another level and to a level that, gosh, I wish I had all that background of, of, of you know, money and how it works because I'm kicking myself to this day, you know, if, if I had a better feel for it going through it. Um, my mom, finances have changed since they went through, mm-hmm. you know, and they didn't really necessarily sit down and teach me how they, they work. And so I, I, I'm not blaming her at all, but I'm just showing that I'm sure I'm not the only kid out there where mom and dad don't necessarily sit down and talk about the mortgage with you, but cleaning up your room. So It's important. Yeah. To me now, as I have an 11-year-old, I've got to instill in her the importance of knowing how money works. Well, she doesn't. She has no clue. <laughs> None whatsoever. So I know her age doesn't know. You know, she just thinks, well, it's okay because dad runs a card and, you know, whatever I want, I can get but I, I, I got to show her, you know, that, hey, you got to work for getting your money. You got to budget your money. You know, let's make your, you know, pick out and choose what, what it is you want. You can't have everything. So she's been saving for Disneyland. And she's got a lot of change. <laughs> but, you know, so she's still. It's good. Yeah, she's saving for Disneyland. Would, do you think it's easier to teach finances to a 13-year-old or a 25-year-old that's worth $50 million? 13-year-old. I think because a 13-year-old will listen. So many exterior factors, you know, with the 25-year-old that yeah. just on top of the world. The 25-year-old thinks that there's always an agenda. There's always a reason. They put up their guards already. Mm-hmm. They've been warned. They've maybe been screwed over once or twice. And so they're really more guarded not only by their agent you know, but by their own selves because they put up a few walls. A 13-year-old who still thinks he's, you know, God's gift to the game of whatever they're playing, but still you can rattle them, you know, rattle their cage and tell them, hey, look, you're going to need to know this and that if you really think that you're going to make something of yourself. And so just playing that mentor role, you know, being 6'11 like myself and have a message, that's key. Frustrates me when some of these NBA players can open up doors but don't have a message, you know. And I'm like, guys, just learn a message. No matter what it is, have something to say that's positive. You know, then you have these other companies that might not be able to get a door open uh, but have something to say you know so it's just kind of like guys you've got this ability you've got this height you've got this gift use it you know you've got a stage if you've got a duck to come in a door already you've got the attention of the room now if you got something to say a duck if you duck under the door oh, to get said, to the room. You brought a duck into the room. Like, what are you talking I, uh, about? I drew Anyways. a blue duck because Sorry. I wanted to see what a blue duck looked like. <laughs> That's good. I like it. So continue. Sorry. Well, I was just saying that, you know, again, uh, you got to know what to say when you have the opportunity to say it. And there are more and more opportunities as you work through the Phoenix chapter that I'm the president of a nonprofit 501c3 here in the Valley. There's 11 across the United States of the MBRPA. So we're always giving back. Uh-huh. Right now I'm putting together the magazine for the All-Star Game and I have an update on all the chapters. And the things they're doing in their communities are fantastic. It's a grassroots approach. So they're going out there and making a difference firsthand. I just heard last week that Read 60 program through the Houston chapter got out to uh, a LEAF ISD, which 
which is a, a district, a school district in southwestern Houston. Mm -hmm. And they're now on their front page about how they're talking about the importance of knowing how to read and so forth. Same idea with this financial literacy program I'm putting together. Yeah, so we're going to roll that out there and we're going to make sure that the kids understand it. But they're also going to get not only good knowledge, but they're going to get money. They're going to know what to do with that money. So I'm really excited, as you can tell. And uh, I just can't wait to get to really start making that big difference that we always talk about. Hell yeah. Yeah. What else is going on? Yeah, I just am really getting ready for this all-star game going yeah. down there. Yeah, it's only a couple, three weeks away, and uh, I've got a lot of things that are going on when I'm out there. I have to not only represent Rebound Magazine, but TB and radio. I also have to uh, get to, I shouldn't say have to, get to represent the uh, Phoenix chapter. Mm -hmm. um, I get to go out there and talk about all the wonderful things that we're doing here in Phoenix. I get to collaborate with the other NBA players and talk about what they're doing and how maybe we can share best practices. I can also talk about the future of the NBRPA and have some sort of, you know, voting for the next board of directors and trying to figure out where the Legends World Sports Conference, what week it's going to happen. Uh, just on and on and on. There's so many different ways to give back. There will be ways to give back once we get there. Let me tell you about one event that I'm important. I've never been to Mardi Gras Parade, but they have got this balcony that we as former NBA players are going to have an opportunity to get on this balcony with a huge vantage point and see this parade go by. One of the best balconies that there are down there on Bourbon Street. From what I understand, now, this is all what I've been told. As far I as I know. Bit beads are free. Oh, <laughs> sweet mother. So for me... I'm, I'm excited about the other things that we're doing. There's one other thing that I'm excited about. We're going over to the Motorola, uh, New Orleans Motorola track. And they're going to have guys that are racing these extremely fast cars take you in their car around the track a few times. And after that, the group is going to go gonna over. They're going to throw up. Well, maybe. Potentially. There's going to be G's. G-Force. Mm -hmm. <laughs> G-Force. After we're done with that, we all get to go. Right next door is a golf cart or a go-kart track. Race. So we're all going to race go-karts. Can you see these seven-footers in, in these go-karts? It's going to be great. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Hopefully my driving skills are. But, uh, you know, that's <laughs> you have to drive thing. with your knees. And all that, you know, is, is, is just besides, you know, the all-star game and the dunk and you know, contest and the three-point contest and all this stuff that goes along with it. So for me, it's, it's just a great opportunity to see friends, to fraternize, to talk about how it was, and, and also look forward to the future and how it's going to be. I kind of want to segue into Carmelo. No, you do. Let's do that. Let's do that. You, you and Melo have some sort of, uh, I don't know. It's certainly Because I'm the rational hate, one. It's a hate-hate relationship. I'm the <laughs> rational one. This is. <laughs> you hate him. So I, I don't. Hate I don't hate, hate him. For Listen, he's him. not important enough in my life to hate. Well, okay. All right. Okay. But so watch it. So is he, he a good Olympian? Or, I mean, what are you? Well, okay. Okay. So I have a couple <laughs> things to say. One, okay. he's the most decorated Olympian basketball player from the United States in history. He's won the most, okay? Why the hell do you think he went to the Summer Olympics last year? So he could have that honor, oh. number one. He was the, the oldest by too many years to be going again. It was time to give it to the young kids. It's like, nope, mine, okay? Number one. Number two, he's pissed that, you know, their team is bad. In New York, they brought in, you know, uh, Derrick Rose for $700 million a year. Yeah. Joe Kim Noah, who can't walk because of his plantar fasciitis and, mm -hmm. and, and just feet or just clubs because of how much Tom Thibodeau played him and just you know, aging. Um, now he's allegedly, or, or there are sources that say that he went into the front office and he said, hey, here are the teams that I want to be traded to, or I would be traded to because, and I'll give him one savvy thing, or maybe I think Dolan, I, I, I can't remember um, if it was Dolan or somebody else, but Carmelo has a no trade clause 
Okay. And if he were to lift the no trade clause, he'd be able to veto any trade. And I think that that also has to do with uh, who he's traded for. So say he wanted to get traded to Chicago, okay? But mm-hmm. New York wanted Jimmy Butler. Carmelo would be able to say, no, I want to play with Jimmy Butler, so figure out another trade if you're going to trade me to Chicago. So as savvy as his agent probably is, because I don't give Carmelo that much credit, Man. he's in a good spot. Now, beside the fact that nobody wants to freaking play with him, mm-hmm. Beside the fact that even if he goes to the Clippers, he can't be traded for uh, he can't be traded for Blake Griffin because oh man, where is it? It's right here. Damn it! He um, there's some oh the rule states that a team cannot have two designated rookie max extensions on your roster accord, uh, acquired via trade at any time, and Derrick Rose already has that. You go from a rookie contract to a max contract. Okay. Okay. You can't have two of those on one team. It can't be traded, two of those on one team. Okay, so if Carmelo goes to the Clippers, it has to be not for DeAndre Jordan, not for Chris Paul, not for Blake Griffin. So the reason why that's interesting is because Austin Rivers would be uh, one, of the main, one of the main pawns in this trade. Doc Rivers ain't trading the sun across the country. He brought him there for a reason. He's actually flourishing with Chris Paul not playing. Doesn't play a lot of defense. He's a little too flashy for my taste. But he ain't trading the sun across the country. Yeah, right. I don't see that. So the Clippers seem to be out unless they can figure out something. Um, well, to, for have, to have Mello to have all that uh, say, it's just amazing. I mean, I don't know how many contracts like that are floating around there, but to be able to just say, I don't want to go, or I, I'm not going for him. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot in baseball for, for top-tier guys, no trade clause, because you don't want to be traded to the Brewers just as a salary dump, and it doesn't really matter in baseball because there's no salary cap. So, um the one thing that I've noticed and we'll get into is we talked about this off air. Carmelo Anthony, Ray Allen, pick one for the Hall of Fame. I'm going to uh, abstain but from giving me your answer because we're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> so Carmelo can't go to Cleveland because he's not a ball handler. He won't just stand yeah. out and shoot threes like Kevin Love would because that's what the trade would be. Kevin Love for Carmelo, probably some ancillary pieces. He's not a catch-and-shoot guy either. He he's not a lot a of things. Yeah. He's not a lot of things. So is he a Hall of Famer? Sure. For the point of our argument coming up, no. I'm already giving the, the foreshadowing of what I'm going to say. I pick Ray all day, especially because it rhymes. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> he got game. I do know what He got game. The worst he actor does. ever. Jesus ever. Shuttlesworth. Ever. The worst. You put Denzel Washington and me, I would rock it out better than him. Okay, That's number one. So Carmelo can't, can't stretch the floor because he can't shoot the three ball with consistency. He can't pass. He doesn't rebound. He doesn't play defense. So he's a Hall of Fame scorer. I would say that. He's not a Hall of Fame shooter because he takes more bad shots than anybody, and he's not a great bad shot taker. And these are things that are true. This is not me saying, no, I hate you, and I'm going to tell you all the reasons why and make all of them up. This is all... No knowledge. So. I struggle with all those that make a whole career out of just being able to off- be on offense, though. You know, and I've well, said sure. it before on the show. It just to me, you know, you have to have a well-rounded game, and he just doesn't, yet he flourishes. He's going down as a Hall of Favor because he can light it up under certain circumstances. Yeah, and that's what made Jordan so great, is that he was tenacious on the defensive side of the ball. And LeBron is tenacious on the defensive side of the ball. You, put, you need a stop, you put LeBron on that guy. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's 6'8", 260 or whatever. He's a linebacker. So that's not something Carmelo can do. He has, he has the capabil- had the capability to learn because he came in like a stick yeah. and, and he's, 
gained weight mostly in the belly, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. he could have learned a lot. And I will give him one out is that he didn't learn how to play defense at Syracuse because all they do is play zone. So okay. that's something you can't learn. And if you play AAU ball, Oak Hill, nobody plays defense anyways. Nobody plays defense in Pennsylvania. I think that's where Oak Hill is. And then you go to Syracuse. All you have to do is stand your keister on the block and pretend to run out to the, to the corner or, or if you're going to trap if you're down. But you, don't, you never learned how to play. You never learned how to play man-to-man. And he chose. It's like, you know what? Ah, I'll score more than the guy I'm defending, so I'm good and I'll make a lot of money doing it. And he has. But now he's becoming exposed as the guy that he really is. Somebody nobody wants to play with. Well, he's no longer young. I mean, that's, that's weighing against him. And then he's always kind of been, a, in my opinion, a, a cancer. You know, he goes on teams. People don't want him. When he gets in there, he screws things up. You know, halfway through the season, everyone's bickering, and he's shooting the ball every time. If he's not, then he's injured. Uh, and he pouted like in Denver. He's yeah. like, trade me. Yeah. I'm out. I've been in the league four years. Trade me. Yeah. And they did. He just sat out, yeah. and they traded their whole team to Denver for Carmelo. And I'm assuming that's when the veto of any trade came into play, came into his into his contract. I'm not going to go to a team that's worse than the team I just... I mean, Lala wanted to move to New York. His wife wanted to move to New York. She was working at TRL at the time, which is centralized out there. But come on, man. Okay, so let's... I'm done. No, it's good. Though. Carmelo, I Carmelo or Ray, Ray Allen? <laughs> Carmelo, okay. Hall of Fame scorer. Sure. Yeah. Ray Allen, one of the clutchest shooters we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Okay? One of the best shooters. Leads the, uh, the NBA all-time in three-pointers made. He's the only one that shoots over 40%. Uh, on that list besides Cal Corver, I think Cal Corver is yeah. eight and he's made a thousand less and he'll never get there. So, you know, you have Cal Corver and that's about it. You have to go down to Steph Curry at 13 because Steph Curry is going to break all these records. But for now, Ray Allen is number one. And what's the first thing you said? What's your answer? Ray Allen or Carmelo Anthony? One goes into the Hall of Fame. Who is it? What did I say? I said Ray Allen. Why? Because the shot in the corner when he's on the heat. Against San Antonio. Against San Antonio. You can gra- thank Greg Popovich for that, for not putting Tim Duncan in. But that was, that was his career in one shot. He, he had a lot of games where he had seven, eight, ten threes, which was fine. He shot 90% from the yeah. line, very efficient, always quiet. Yeah, he was. He is. He was a quiet, quiet assassin. That's, yeah. that's why that, whole, that trade worked was Kevin Garnett may be loud, but he never demanded a trade when he was in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Paul Pierce never demanded a trade when he was in Boston. And Ray Allen never demanded a trade when he was in Milwaukee and then in Seattle. He just, they just played. And that's why, that's why it happened. I'll never forget Ray Allen. After we got done playing them on a game, he, he, he got 34. Was he in Milwaukee then? He was in Milwaukee okay. at the time. He, he got 34 points, and it was probably the most efficient 34 points I'd ever seen scored. He would come off of picks. He'd barely touch the ball. Wouldn't even be in his hands. He didn't have to dribble and find a shot. He just knew where to run, and they knew where he was spotting up. And he was lighting him up anywhere. If it was one dribble, say it wasn't at the three-point line, he was still killing it. On balance, you know, it may not look like he's on balance, yeah. but for him, he is. I mean, just like that shot he made in the corner for the Heat, he didn't look like he was on balance, but he was enough to be able to body control. So he, very impressive, and I sat down with the coaches after that game. I remember riding in the in the um, bus coming back, and the coaches were just like, that guy's, pretty, that guy's really, really good. And they just kind of went into why he's so good. And I think it was more of the efficiency and the fact that he was kind of quiet. And he wasn't boisterous, you know. He, he was he was a team player. He's not a cancer like Mello. I mean, Mello's a pain to have on the team. I don't want to play ball with Mello. I'm gonna take my ball and go home because you're gonna hog it. So Ray I have, share it. I have my barf bag here because I'm going to play devil's advocate for Carmelo once. 
Guys. And this is it. At, I'm, at I'm the Olympics? It. No, no, no. Uh-huh. I'm using it. He didn't, he hasn't played with anybody, which is whatever outliers there are or whatever reasons there may be, whether they're self-inflicted or not. Ray Allen got the trade because he shut his mouth and played basketball for 13 or 14 years. And then, or whatever, it was probably 10 at that, 12 at that point. And then got in 2008, he got the squad. So you're saying the fact that he's not likable. <laughs> and Carmelo, I, you know what? It's just, listen, I give, I give the guy a hard time. Okay. And we're going through the break. We're not taking a break because we want to talk about this. Um, boom. I, if I could pull this out and mic drop it, I would for the, we, we don't have to take a break. Um, Carmelo did this to himself. This is not something where he had a bad injury or something which you don't wish upon anybody to begin with. But if you don't don't have a bad injury, you never learned how to play the full game. Now, if he were an awful defender, there are plenty of Hall of Famers that people don't care to remember as bad defenders. Okay, Steve Nash is Uh one. But so say he learned how to have a thirty or forty percent more complete game. Say he averaged career five assists a game. Or six assists a game. Okay. Average 10 rebounds. You're 6'8". You can get 10 rebounds in a 48-minute game where you play 38 minutes of it. You don't want to. When, you, when, when shooters follow their shot, that's where you get all your offensive rebounds because mm-hmm. longer the shot, longer the rebound. Right. You know that. Yep. So he never chose to try. You can say he did. You can say what you want about James Harden. He's trying to learn how to play defense. He's not good at it, but you can tell that he's exerting more of an effort on the other side of the ball, on the other side of the court. And LeBron or uh, Carmelo never has. Yeah. And instead, the, the one mistake that he made that will keep me out of his good graces forever, or that will keep him out of my good graces forever, is that he could have taken fifty million less, easy for me to say, and gone to Chicago. Hmm. Okay, Jimmy Butler, Derrick Rose. Um, Pau Gasol, and whoever else, Taj Gibson, whatever. If it's not about the money and you really want to win, you go to a team that plays defense. You can be the one that doesn't. Tom Thibodeau will rip you, but at least he'll try to make you better. And now in New York, it's just, he's the coach. He's the poor man's LeBron James because he tries to run everything, but he's not good at it. Yeah, and and, and I've kind of seen that unveil and unfold while he's been up there. I, I just know that he's, to me, I never thought much of the decisions of the New York Knicks recently. Yeah. I, I do think Port, Port, well, the last Port 20 years. was good. Porzingis was good. I like that pick. No, not, not a lot of people did. But, I mean, that's like one pick. And you kind of look at all the decisions that have been made, and I even had a short stint with them. Back in the day, they were doing that. They were doing that to Donnie Nelson. When Don Nelson, the old man, was there from Moline, Illinois, oh, yeah. when he was there taking over the thing, People got upset, and they quit playing. And next thing you know, the players are still there. The coach is gone. And the players just shut down on him. And Melo's that kind of guy. He's just like, okay, I'm injured. Are you? Are you injured? Are you really? You know? And he's just decided, okay, I don't like the coach. Or, okay, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll go ahead and forge forward as long as I have the say in everything that happens in this organization and on this court and in this practice, if I want to practice. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, and on the travel, and I'm going to, you're going to eat fish on the on the plane because I said so. So and we, I'm just like, Melo, come on. I know. Y- you know, who do you think you are? He thinks he's better than he is. So we both agree that Ray Allen, and this is like the stepchild conversation. We won't get in this today, into this today, but if we want to during the summer, we don't have a whole lot to talk about with the NBA. Charles Barkley or Robert Ory. I've been talking about this for 15 years. you got to pick one. And the obvious answer is Charles Barkley. I get it because he's Bob. perennial. Bob's got seven. Big shot He's Bob. got Seven. Seven. <laughs> He had some of the biggest, most iconic uh, shots in NBA history in the playoffs. 
The big one was at the top of the key when Vladi when Vladi Divac um, batted it out, shot over oh, Chris right. Webber at I the remember. buzzer. Now that there, people cast some shade to that uh, playoff series because that was when Donnie he was refereeing and there was some point shaving and and whatever because he was in bad with the mob and everything. But I don't like to think about that because I'm a Laker <laughs> fan. So we'll talk about that at a later date. But this is you know a, a more um, benign, I guess, uh, a conversation when it comes to that because they're a little bit closer than on paper with Robert Ory and and, uh, and Charles Barkley. So, Dwayne Wade's pissed. Carmel, or, uh, LeBron's pissed. Okay, in, the, oh. in their separate cities. Right. There was talk that Dwayne Wade would sign with Cleveland in the offseason this past year. I remember he that. He takes 4 or $5 million more, goes back home to Chicago. The guy, our, our hometown boy's back home. Everything's great. Everybody's happy. Mm. Miami's pissed. Miami's got 16 wins, and they've also won six straight or five straight. So... It's worse than it looks in Miami. Chris Bosh isn't helping because he is, he's dealing with the blood clots and everything, and we hope he gets better soon. But now, trade deadline's coming up. So LeBron is, you know, uh, we, need, we need a playmaker. We need somebody that can handle the ball. ball we need a backup point yeah. guard. Yeah. Okay? Dwayne Wade, this team's quitting. This team's quitting on us. Jimmy Butler said the same thing. This team's quitting. And, you know, I think they're in the eighth seed. I think they're in the eighth spot. They're in the eighth spot, 23 and 24. They're, I mean, the crazy part is that they're four games out of the five seed. So, I mean, they're there. They're not good enough to win because they lost Pau Gasol, which was a huge, a huge loss because he's the most underrated player in the last 10 years in the NBA, in my opinion. So, I have a trade that I've thought up on my own. Is this a premonition? Actually, original content <laughs> here on uh, Rebound Radio. 888-346-9144. Matt Fish, Alex Clancy in studio that will benefit the Cavs and will put Chicago into a rebuilding mode because they never should have signed Dwayne Wade for 40 mil anyways. Chicago will receive Iman Shumpert, Richard Jefferson, J.R. Smith. So the J.R. Smith one is tough because that's LeBron's guy now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hits big threes, you know, does a lot of stuff. Dwayne Wade's more his guy than J.R. Smith. So that's the jarring one. Um, he's got another major injury, Jarrett Smith. He'll be back in March, I believe, but he's getting older. Okay. And LeBron is really getting older, 32. Hmm. Okay. So we got to do it. If you thought that trading Andrew Wiggins for Kevin Love was got to win now, it's even more so now. He's playing 38 minutes a game, LeBron. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing about him saving himself isn't really working this year because they need him to stay in to it, win games. To win games. Now, luckily for them, on their, they've lost five out of seven. Luckily, Toronto's lost five in a row, too. So they haven't lost any ground. However, this trade will benefit Cleveland immensely, and the salary cap works out. Cleveland will receive Dwayne Wade yeah. and Michael Carter-Williams. Michael Carter-Williams was rookie of the year three years ago yeah, or four yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Michael Carter-Williams, Syracuse, okay, yeah, ball handler, yeah. can shoot the ball. No defense. Playmaker doesn't matter at this point. <laughs> Kevin Love and Kyrie don't play defense anyways. Right. So nobody in the Eastern Conference, the top eight seeds, are allowing less than hundred points a game. So the whole thing about Eastern Conference, you know, ground it out, grind it out, play defense, gone. Yeah, gone. There are three teams in the top eight in the Western Conference that that uh, allow less than hundred points a game. So we're starting to see a shift. Dwayne Wade, Michael Carter Williams, in Cleveland garb, J.R. Smith, Iman Shumpert, and Richard Jefferson, get them out. So it's addition by subtraction with Amon Shepard. He doesn't do much. You know, he doesn't do much. People think that he's a great defender. He's not. 
Jared Smith is streaky shooter. He comes up big in the playoffs until he doesn't. And Richard Jefferson's old. You know? And he won a championship. Get him out. Get him out, get him out, get him out. And then you can bring your boy in, Dwayne Wade, who is still having to kiss LeBron's shoes for elongating his career by five years because LeBron took over in Miami, allowing Dwayne Wade to sit out more games. Yeah. And Michael Carter-Williams is a baby. Yeah, he's, he's young. Yep. So you could play Michael Carter-Williams, Kyrie Irving, so you're Dwayne saying... Wade, LeBron, and Kevin Love. That could be five at one point, and the money works out because Jarrett Smith is making too much. So, if you have to add a third team, maybe, but I think Michael Carter-Williams and Dwayne Wade will fill the void that LeBron is so not gracefully yearning for through the media and whatnot. Yeah, he's complaining, but I think that's part of it. If you're leading a team, and you got to complain. I mean, it's just how it is, so I'm going to complain. Well, he's the GM, he's um, the head coach, yeah. he's everything. Right, I'm going to complain, so if, if anything does go wrong, I already complained about that. Uh, here he is complaining, here he is playing a lot of minutes, and you say he absolutely has to, but they got the best record in the East. Yeah. You know, they're 30 and 14. Do they have to have the best well, record Well, he's in the looking East? towards the finals, because they, they can skate through the playoffs. Yeah. To, after the All-Star break is when he'll slow down. He'll jump down from 38 to 33, if they lose some games or whatever, as long as they have that one seed or two seed, it really doesn't matter because you're not going to have a better record than Golden State or San Antonio. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. You don't need a home court. They'll have it, but you don't need it. As long as you're the two seed, you're good. Toronto's yeah. not going to beat you. So Well, Cleveland proved they didn't need the home court when they beat you know uh, the Warriors last year. So obviously, right. you know, being in first place, I hear what you're saying. He'll probably dial it back a little more after the All-Star. I can see that too. I think it's what he did last year, right? But was he playing that many early? No. He wasn't. Uh, I think so. He wasn't. Yeah. Now, I don't know what happened. I think, I, as I've said before, teams, bad teams are getting better. So through the draft and everything, it's happening pretty organically. You don't really have um, teams, you don't have good players going to bad teams to make them better. You know, Carl uh, Anthony Towns is getting better. Minnesota's getting better. Milwaukee's getting better. Teams that are just W's traditionally yeah. are now going to fight you for it a little more, so you might have to play a couple more minutes to get that home win or get the road win, you know, if you're on a, if you're on a slide or something. The bad teams are getting better, and they're becoming more competitive. They're not winning more games, but they're becoming more competitive, so it's more difficult across the board for you to be able to win. So that's why I think he's playing a little bit more. They've only lost 14 games. It's fine. I mean, I mean, they're good, but this will make it better. This trade, in my mind, and LeBron, they paid what was it, fifty-four mil? Dan Gilbert paid fifty-four million dollars in luxury taxes last year for one year. For from last yeah, year, yeah, yeah. So they have the highest salary cap in the NBA, and LeBron is pissed about them not spending enough. So not spending it wisely enough is what it was. They traded for Kyle Korver when mm-hmm. they could have traded for a backup point guard. You know, you do need shooting. So in the playoffs, he will help stretch the floor, allow LeBron to drive, allow Kyrie to drive, allow Kevin Love to maybe play down low in his natural position instead of just being the shooter. Yeah. But they need they need a backup point guard. I think it's amazing how a team can be in first place and have the best player in the universe and won it all last year and set records by winning it all last year. And everyone's so worried about them winning another championship. Oh, that's how rare not, they are. No, that's how yeah. rare they are. That's how hard it is to win a championship. You have to really bend over backwards to make sure that every single T is crossed. What was the class? What was the closest you got? I made it to the Eastern Conference Finals with uh, the Miami Heat against uh, New York, playing against uh, Michael Jordan and the Bulls. Oh, 
and they beat us. How did that work? To go on and win it all. <laughs> so what did no, that team we look, beat was, New York. So we beat Orlando the first round, New York the second round, third round was Chicago. And uh, Jordan and all them guys had a really good team. Was that 95, 96? 90, a little more than that, 98, or 96. 96 was his last year of winning one, right? It was his last year of winning one. I think it was Jordan's last year of winning one. 91, 92, 92, mm-hmm. 93, 93, 94. He was gone 94, 95. 95, 96, 96, 97, 97, 98. So when did they win in 97, 98? Yeah. That would have been the Against one. Against Utah. Yep. Against so, with, so the, with the pose. 97, 98, swinging the heck out of that towel, wishing that uh, you know, we could beat him. But at the same time, they, they went on. Dang it all. Was that? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> wait, wait. So Knicks, was that with the big brawl? Yeah. With PJ? Yeah. Oh PJ, my God, Alonzo, yeah. Jesus. Oh, man, PJ Brown. Nine, nine guys suspended? <laughs> yeah. It was something like that, eight or nine guys? Oh, that was Larry fantastic. Johnson, oh. So what happened, it happened on the other end of the court, too. I can't believe we haven't talked about this. Uh, it happened on the other yeah. end of the court. So I'm on the bench, and, and, and there was Listen a, to this, for those of you there, that are watching. There is a timeout. Uh, okay, here we are against the Knicks, and the Knicks are they're playing really well, but you got to understand, you know, uh, that's where uh, Pat Riley coached before. Right. So it's very, very important that, you know, those guys are going to battle it out. There's th- th- That's already preset, so it's going to be between us and the Knicks. And the Knicks were playing really good. They had Ewing. They had, you know, all these Charles play- Oakley. Yeah, Oakley. They had a oh. great squad. Right? So Bangers. after a timeout, uh, all they took all their starters out. So their starters are on the bench, you know, the, the main key guys for the New York Knicks. And in front of their bench, in front of their bench on the far side, because we were on the other end, they're shooting free throws. And a shot goes up, and Charlie Ward steps in to block out P.J. Brown, and he Freaking flips him, dude. He grabs him yeah. by the hip and just flips Should have stuck with football. And they're all down there at that end. So they're, it happens right in front of them. So their bench, like, clears. Mm-hmm. They all, like, come out on the court. This is before the suspension rule. This is before the suspension rule. And uh, we're on the other end going, well, what's going on? You know, we didn't get far enough off the bench where none of our guys were gone. Mm-hmm. So we had a couple more games to win. We had to go back to New York to do so. When we went up there, guess what? All their starters were suspended. Oh. So we went on to beat the Knicks. It was so, fantastic. So so who was it? Who goaded Larry Johnson into throwing the punch? Was I it? It wasn't PJ Brown. It might have been Zoe, but it was somebody right by the New York yeah. bench. He was like, "Do it," and, and he, he just it. took a swing. <laughs> See ya. Game over. Sorry, Grandma. So everyone said that Pat Riley did that on purpose. Oh, you started that, but you talked about it in that timeout, didn't you? He he didn't, but it just it almost looked genius though when it was all said and done. Yeah, but that was a fun that was a fun moment in my life. Did you get close to it, or did you stay on the bench? I had to stay on the bench. I was in the far corner, so it happened on the other side of the yeah, court. Yeah, yeah. So I we couldn't even get off the bench and get there in time. By the time they were off the bench and already suspended, Jeff so. Gundy hanging on to Alonzo Mourning's <laughs> leg, dragging him around. Oh, it's so good. Yes. Wow, today's been a good show. So, NBRPA. Yeah. We're going to talk about this more coming up. I can't wait. So the All-Star break. So what, we have three more shows before then? Yeah. One, two, three. Two, three. We're going to talk heavy NBRPA. We're going to talk about what's going on at the um, at the All-Star game, what you're going to yeah. be doing with Rebound Radio sure. or Rebound Magazine and the, and the like. Um, Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio, 888-346-9144. Check out the podcast on voiceamerica.com. Just search Rebound Radio in the little search box right when you get there. Look to the right after you click on Rebound, Ma- Rebound Radio, and you'll have all the old, uh, all the old shows. Um, we got to get out of here. Alex Clancy, Matt Fish in studio. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in to Rebound Radio. Please join Matt Fish next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
We'll profile another legend of basketball. Have a great week.